1: Good evening, everybody. It is Saturday evening in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, assistant sports editor for multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joined by Christopher Carter for our Steelers post-game show here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube ch- channel, uh, other Post-Gazette social media feeds, and postgazette.com. Uh, Christopher, the-, the Steelers are still alive. We still have at least one more day of talking about the 2023 season. Uh, what are your thoughts after a 17-10 win at Baltimore in the muck in the rain? I, I think... The
0: Steelers deserve a, a, a ton of credit for fighting through what was a, uh, a a very physical, a very sloppy game. And not sloppy as far as you know, discipline sloppy as far as that field was disgusting. the uh, The conditions were terrible. That in those kind of rainy, muddy, ugly, cold games, so many games like those come down to just not necessarily who's even the better team, just who makes the fewer mistakes who who's able to just kind of power through those moments and the fact that the Steelers did in this game was huge even with their defense missing TJ watch down the final stretch there um you wonder what's happened to him we'll get to him at some point uh in this show but you cannot you cannot um you cannot overstate what the Steelers uh are are, have done in the last three games to kind of turn things around this town thought that everything was over. The Steelers were done and finished. Get rid of them. They're done when they fell to seven and seven. And now they're ten and seven. They need help to get into the playoffs, but you cannot fault them in their last three weeks for the for the effort that they have put forward.
1: No, absolutely. No, I think it's been it's been quite the ride the last three weeks. The question is can you can you finish it off or are you going to spend the offseason regretting what happened in that three game losing mm-hmm. streak? Uh those three two losses to two win teams, Arizona and New England. Chris, we're going to get into the nuts and bolts here in a second. Before we do, just want to thank our primary sponsor for this episode and every episode of the Steelers Post Game Show here on the Post Game Sports Now YouTube channel. Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Um, Chris, kind of a disjointed effort offensively, in in terms of the game plan, listen. You, you know what's going on with with the weather. You know things things are going to be difficult. I don't think anyone was expecting them to put up thirty five plus points. You know, look as good as they had the last couple of weeks. Um, still, you you get that first drive. You you go right down and score. You pound away with Najee Harris. Very impressive. Then you seem to get away from that a little bit, but you're also not really looking downfield toward the guys who've who've made things work for you the last couple of weeks. Then boom. Deontay Johnson gets 71 yards to the house. Um, what, what was your read on on this offensive effort overall, and um, and and how it set them up to to win? I, I think disjointed is a good word for it. But I I think that they 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 tried to run the ball the whole game because they realized
0: that was that's what was working. Um, and they also didn't want to like say like hey like we're not going to put too much pressure on Mason Cole to try to just win this one in the most rainy nasty environment. We're gonna not Mason Cole, Mason Rudolph, excuse me um they're they're not going to try to do that that would just be that would be silly to ask too much of them you trust your defense which has been tough uh for 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 most of the year they were seventh in total in, in in scoring defense going into this week they've been they've been very good for most most of this season um uh and I look at that and I say like you know you trust you trust your run game it's been on fire the last two weeks and been on fire for most of the second half of the season um and you say hey Mason just Don't, you know, again, just take what's there. Don't try to do anything too crazy, but take what's there. And Mason Rudolph, yeah, he threw for under 200 yards, but he was 18 of 20 and had a touchdown. And that's his third straight game with over 100 in passer rating. I'm I'm taking that all day, you know, if if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's who this team has has needed a quarterback to be in these games. In my opinion, I, I know some people are probably asking this. Mason's starting in the playoffs if they make it. I don't care about pedigree and all this other stuff. He's earned the right to keep starting until he has a terrible game. Now, if the Ravens had caught that first interception and then he had that fumble at the end of the first half, maybe there might have been some discussions. But they didn't, and he did make the plays, and he made the throw to get Deontay Johnson on the slant, and he took off for the touchdown. You take that guy and you, you keep riding with him until you until until the wheels fall off right now. And that's just it's a smart way to play it right now. So um, as far as the offense... I feel like the run game it, you know eventually the Ravens were able to key in on it. Um, I, I thought they would be missing a couple more pieces than they were, but they actually you know kept guys in like Patrick Queen and, and key guys to kind of keep the defense at least strung together for the most part um, and they didn't they weren't slouches on defense but the Steelers were able to find the find the right things at the right time to move the ball in key situations so uh, they deserve all the kudos for what they were able to put together for this win.
1: Let's dig into that Mason Rudolph effort a little bit more, Chris. The thing that stuck out to me was, you know, he, he was hitting everything, right? You mentioned 18, yeah. 18 for 20. Um, you know, his numbers were not great up until that point, but he was doing everything that, he was, that was really asked of him. And then, um, you know, I, the, I, there was the throw to Warren earlier in the game. I forget when it was, but it was in a very tight window. It was on the left side or at least, you know, from how the camera was positioned. And then there was the throw to Deontay Johnson in a tight window. We just don't see – Kenny Pickett make those those kinds of throws consistently, Chris, and that's why you know I I, that's part of why I'd have a hard time you know sitting him just because and Paul talks about this for those of you asking where Paul is he's got had some scheduling conflicts today hopefully he'll be back next week if we have um, a uh, a playoff game to talk about but anyway back to back to the he makes the point that that they let Mason Rudolph do things that they don't seem to let Kenny Pickett do Um, just wanted to give you a chance to respond to that because to me he just looks more confident and especially on plays like that and and ended up being the play that I think pretty much won the game for them.
0: See, I don't think that they they did it. I think that they they've been just as as restrictive with Mason as they have been with Kenny, at least in recent weeks. I think early on this season, um, when they saw the passing game wasn't gonna translate over from the preseason what we saw, they were like, Okay, let's 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 switch it up a little bit here, let's protect the football, let's try to run the ball and see if we could generate something here. And there was a bit of I think there was a bit of disjointedness in just how they were trying to develop an identity there. But I think once like the second half of the season hit. Kenny had all the chances to, to make some big throws. I mean, in that Browns game, I re- I've said this before. I've showed it on tape. There was a play where Deontay Johnson was wide open for a touchdown, like, as soon as the ball was snapped. And Kenny Pickett didn't even look at him. And he was in the pocket for, for about, like, four seconds. And then – ran his way into a sack instead of just hitting Deontay Johnson, who again was just uncovered and it was a slant over the middle. It was exactly what you want to be able to see. And and to me, like that was maybe the worst Kenny Pickett moment uh, of this, of the season. And he's had a few bad ones. So I I don't put as much on, and again, it doesn't say Kenny can not improve. It doesn't say Kenny can't get better, but when you see that, and then you see what Mason Rudolph's doing, you 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 gotta you gotta give it to him. Mason Rudolph only I think he only took one deep shot this entire game. It was a third, it was like a third and three bomb to uh, to Johnson that just kind of got lost in the rain. You don't throw bombs all the time in the rain. And, and I think they they were very conservative with today's play calling to be able to protect the football so that they limit the amount of turnovers and that they could hope that they could just kind of be the better team and just possessing the football and making more big plays. And they did that. It, it, the, the, that. That bet paid off. So I don't think it is that much different right now. I think that Mason Ruff is just being a more composed quarterback in the pocket. He's holding on to the ball longer. He's going through his progressions better. And he's being a more experienced quarterback. And that's a big difference.
1: The other big headline in this game, you alluded to it at the top, Chris. T.J. Watt goes down with a knee injury. that ruled him out pretty quickly. Wasn't a whole lot of, you know, mm, hums and ha's, you know, about whether he might come yeah. in. He, he was out almost immediately. It, it looks like a pretty ugly hit on his knee. Um, we don't know, as, as we're speaking, what exactly the, the status is. Pay attention to or Do you have so, something,
0: Chris? So a- Adam Schefter, after the game on the post, I, I, stay, I, I that's why I was a little late. I wanted to see what ESPN said because normally they're very quick with that stuff. Adam Schefter says there is a grade three MCL sprain suspected. They have, they've done initial tests. They've taken back to their own facilities and do their full test, but – I, I'm not 100% sure what that means. I'm about to look it up myself right now and just see, like, what does that mean as far as injury wise? But he did say also the Steelers had to stop TJ Watt from going back into the game because he was about to go back into the game. And that's why he took his stuff off because he was frustrated that they wouldn't let him go back in. So if TJ Watt was able to get back into the game, I don't, again, I don't know what an MCL sprain, you know, third grade sprain is, but if he was trying to go back into the game, I think that would lend itself to maybe he, it wasn't as bad as it initially looked great. Job. Thank you. Jake, Jake
1: West in the comments is saying it uh, takes six weeks to heal, but you well, know, that's I mean, not good. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, I mean, listen, it's, it's the playoffs. Sometimes you see guys do Herculean things. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see on that front, but let's just say for the sake of argument, they don't have him in, in the first playoff game. Chris, um, can they beat anyone in this AFC playoff field? If they get there?
0: I think so. I actually think the AFC has been very mid this year. Um, the, the cheat, the, like if, if let's say they get the dream scenario, if I'm them is you draw the Kansas city chiefs because they are so lackluster right now. They barely beat a Bengals team that you blew out just two weeks ago. And I look at that and I say like, man, if you could go into Kansas city, all the frustrations they have, they drop a ton of passes. Their pass game is not working right now. They don't run the ball. Well, their defense isn't great. They're decent. Uh, That's a game that I'd give the Steelers a coin flip chance in. Also, how hurt up the Dolphins are right now. I'd give them a good chance in that game. I think the Bills team, uh, they're very up and down. It depends on which Bills team you catch. But I think that on an average day, they would stand a better chance at beating the Chiefs or the Dolphins this year than I would say say the Bills um, if I was to pick between the three teams that they can face. Now, for those scenarios, they would face the Dolphins if – the Dolphins beat the Bills, and the Jaguars beat the Titans. The Steelers would be the seventh seed. They'd play the Dolphins as the two seed. They'd, place the, they'd face the Bills if the Titans beat the Jaguars, and then the, and then the Bills beat the Dolphins, making the Bills the two seed. The Steelers would then be the seventh seed, and then they would play the Bills. They would face the Chiefs if the Dolphins beat the Bills and the Titans beat the Jaguars, making the Steelers the sixth seed as the Bills get in as the seventh seed and the Steelers, as the six seed, would play the Chiefs in Kansas City. So those are your three possible scenarios at this point. There's also the Titans, ty not? Excuse me, the the, uh, the Colts tying the Texans. We're not even counting that. That's just that that's, that's not happening. If that happens, I will drink a shot of tequila on air on this very show. And it's not happening.
1: <laughs> but but you feel pretty good, I mean, just to narrow the, the question down to TJ to Watt, because, I mean, if they don't have him, did, do you just like what they have and, and what we've seen from Nick Herbig and, and Marcus Golden at times this season? They they alluded to it on the broadcast that, you know, believe it or not, the Steelers have, have developed some depth there at this, like, portion of the season. Obviously, neither one of those guys is TJ Watt. You're, you're still going to have a big drop-off, but, but both of those guys have looked competent.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. I think that your, your consistency will struggle week to week. Like, if TJ Watt was healthy and they got into these playoffs, I would call the Steelers a dark horse because I think that week in and week out, with the way they've played the last three weeks, they could beat anybody in the AFC, and I mean that. I don't mean like they're the best team in the AFC. I'm saying they can beat anybody in the AFC. I didn't feel that way about the 2021 team. They needed miracles to beat the Chiefs in that first round. Almost had them when TJ Watt had a touchdown in the first in the first half, and they were up seven nothing. Uh, but then eventually you saw the Chiefs were just that much better. I think that there's the gap between great and good. There's not a great team. I think. I mean, the Ravens are the closest thing to a great team, and the Steelers beat them the first time they played them when they were when they were starting all their people. So. Um, I think the Steelers match up well with either of the AFC North teams if they if they played them. They know how to play those teams. I think the Chiefs have been very mediocre in a, in a lot of things this year. I think the Bills are very up and down. They're either really good, really bad, or kind of below average. And if you catch them on either of those last two, you can beat them. Um the Dolphins, I think they're really hurt up right now, and they have a lot of weaknesses that I think that the Steelers could, you know, exploit on their own end. Um, so again, I and the, the Browns, the Steelers have beaten them. The Browns have beaten them. I think that would go down to a down to the wire field goal game, just like the last two have. Um, and then, and then whoever wins the AFC South, I, I think they can they can hang with. So um, the, the Steelers, I think, as they're playing right now, if the offense continues to play the way they have with Mason Rudolph and the run game being there and the defense, you know, playing tough, I, I think this is a team that can that can bang with anybody in the AFC if they make the playoffs, and it's not a given right now.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to monitor uh, T.J. Watt's status throughout the week. We have C.Mac in the comments saying, J.J. Watt says T.J. has a grade three there MCL player. So um, I, I would say that's as close to the source as you can possibly get, Chris. Ah, so I, 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 I guess we'll see how that plays out. I want to talk a little bit about the running game. Pound away with Najee Harris early, Chris. Then um, you're, you said they didn't really get away from the run, but I think they got away from the run – that that worked on that first drive. It seemed like they were trying to bounce things out, and that never really seems to work with this offense very well. Um, what what did you see that was the difference between that first drive until you know leading up to that long touchdown that kind of put the game on ice?
0: I think part of it was they were tr- you, you can't run the same play over and over. And I think that's what they were trying to avoid. Was they were trying to mix it up. They were trying to keep the Ravens guessing, and they were hoping that hey, if we get some guys out in space. And one thing, the the why the runs out wide have worked at times this year because that's those are some of the plays where Broderick Jones pulls, gets out in space, and crushes somebody, and that has worked. It just didn't work in this game. The Ravens, the, the Ravens are a good team again, even with some of the guys that that, that are in there. Trenton Simpson, a, a guy who was a mid round pick this year. In a good safety. I liked him out of Clemson. He's a linebacker, you know, kind of kind of plays safety a little bit, but he's a guy I was like, the Steelers could have used him and he was making plays out there. He was, he was playing in space really well. They still have Patrick queen out there uh, um, playing, playing tough. Um, and this is a disciplined football team, much like the Steelers are a disciplined football team. So, um, you know, that was a, that was something that I thought was worth a shot. Um, I think after like the third time it didn't work, I was okay with the Steelers kind of going back inside and relying on those runs more. Uh, but by and large, you know, when you're running the ball, you're just trying to find different ways to mix it up, see if you can catch somebody being undisciplined uh, in different ways. That's what you're trying to do if you're the Steelers there.
1: Were you surprised we didn't see Jalen Warren more? I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, the stat sheet here. He got six carries. Najee Harris got 20. Um, Jalen Warren gets five receptions, five targets in the passing game. Najee Harris gets three. Um, were, were you surprised they didn't deploy him more in the running game, given the conditions and given the way he can uh, I, I, grind opposing defenders, too?
0: I actually think that the reason they didn't deploy more was because of the conditions dude fumbled twice. One of which was in scoring position. The other, which could have flipped this game around if the Steelers didn't jump on the football. So I I think that after that first fumble, they were going to lean on Najee more after that second fumble. It was all Najee until that jet sweep in the goal in in the red zone there where they were just trying to see if they could catch the Ravens napping. Um, But for me, uh, you, you know, Jalen Warren he's a tough back he's really he's really good I think that he him and he, he compliments Najee Harris perfectly but uh, I was totally fine with the with their usage of him after after he fumbled twice in this game uh, he he could have ended up costing the Steelers this game the way that he was playing uh, not again I think that Najee Harris has beaten back a lot of the criticism about how he's not worth this and he's not worth that, and he's Trent Richardson 2.0. You could put all that to bed. He has three straight 1,000-yard seasons. And, yes, 1,000 yards aren't what they meant back in 1972, but you know what? he's he's able he's he's active and he's he's doing this all without missing a whole bunch of time that that guy that guy takes on a lot of beating he takes a lot of punishment and he keeps on chugging and he's been doing this without a really good offensive line this is this second half of the season is the best line he's ever played with and it's still average to slightly above average they, they still have their they have really good moments they have really bad moments and that's the reality about it Najee Harris is such an underrated part of this team he's also an underrated leader he's a big part of how this offense has rallied this you know in these last three games I think that they're going I think that he has earned a fifth year extension and I think because he's also a leader that you want in this offense for the future whoever your quarterback is I don't care Najee Harris is going to be your running back next year and probably for a few years after that as well.
1: Yeah, and I think that's how you make that that using that first round pick in the first place I'm yep. worth it is getting five years out of a guy. I mean, that's you know to me that's if you're going to spend a first round pick, get the five years unless something's really wrong. And I don't I don't think we're at the something's really wrong level with them by any means. Um, Chris, I had it written down; it didn't end up mattering as much in the outcome. But yeah, that last two minutes of the uh, first half—I don't know what exactly was going on there. Listen, I, I think that this I mean they were moving the ball. The Steelers needed
0: to get closer. Like I know a lot of people were uh were talking about uh you know why didn't they just stop and kick the field goal there? At halftime, looking at it, they gave up the ball at hold on, I'm trying to see here, at the at the Ravens 34. That is a 51 yard field goal against the win in crazy conditions. That's not a good field goal opportunity. And I think they were trying to move just about six more yards, get him inside, get him like the 45-ish yards, and then see if you could take the kick. At that point, you need Mason Rudolph to throw it quick or um, you know, or or just get just get rid of the football. That was the whole thing. He needed to not take a sack or or give up a fumble in that situation. That was just poor awareness on his part. Um and you could even see he wanted to throw a quick initially pump fake, and then he like kind of froze like a deer in the headlights and made a mistake. That that was kind of Mason's biggest mistake in the game. And, and if he if if he doesn't do that, maybe they have a chance at a field goal there. Uh, but that that's what I think that was. Like a lot of people were complaining about the play calling or whatever. Play calling got them there close to field goal range, but they needed with the wind and the way it was going. You could see like the, with the uh, with the flags on on the on the field goal posts. That would have it would have taken Chris Bottle. It would have basically kind of made it so that Chris Bos would have had to make like sort of like a sixty yard kick with the wind that was that he was facing. So I was okay with t- with taking another shot. I was not okay with with uh, holding on to the football and costing your team there.
1: Yeah, my big problem, Chris, was I, I had it written down. I think they went from two minutes down to one sixteen. Um, I think they only ran one snap in that period of time, and then they kind of run out of time on the back end. I, I, I didn't. I guess it was earlier in the drive that I kind of had the issue with. Uh, but you know, whatever they 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 get the touchdown later on, they win the game. Not a huge deal. Um, I want to talk a little bit about more about the defense, a little bit more about what the Steelers need to happen tomorrow because I think that's really the big story of today. You get the win that that you needed, but but you still need the help. So we're going to get into that in a second. I want to thank a couple more sponsors: Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed. With mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White for over 40 years. Their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call one 800 complex or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. also want to thank Propel Schools, Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County, build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning, and offer more personalized instruction at every level during your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Um, lead off the defense portion here, Chris, um, you still have hope for Mark Robinson? Had, had a huge game, made some big plays, especially in that first half. Um, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people, I was on the list of people who said, man, that guy hits hard, man. I got some hope for him. He's been a little bit exposed, but not look ready for primetime, but has a big game when it really mattered today. What, what's your read on him here at the end of year two for him?
0: I think he's still, uh, you know, he's still very much a guy, you know, love him when he's stopping the run. You do not love him when he's doing anything else. And in this game, he, he had a forced fumble. He filled well, hit 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 well in the hole. Um, I think he did very well at that. When the Ravens tried to throw the ball, he was part of the reason why that middle of the field was so open to a lot of guys. But I think a guy that's really unsung is Eric Rowe. That dude finished with 12 tackles, also had a forced fumble, Played very well in, in, in this in this game. Came back from an injury, and he kind of needed to because it was just him, Miles Killebrew, and Patrick Peterson playing safety in this game. Um, so huge for him. He led the team with twelve tackles. Uh, Mark Robinson five tackles and a sack. That sack. That sack. That was you know someone in our, in our live chat that we did uh, for, for the game compared it to Kendrell Bell, and I was like that was very Kendrell Bellish the way that he just flew through there and attacked. Uh, but Mark Robinson deserves a ton of credit. For coming through in a big game because even though yes he was still a liability in the past game this was his best game as a pittsburgh Steeler, and it was a must-have game you know they technically still have a chance if they if they lose this game but now you put yourself in a position where you only need one thing to make the playoffs whereas if they had lost they would have needed two things and two of those things would have been relying on teams without playoff aspirations so um I think that still, Mark Robinson, he deserves credit. Marcus Golden deserves credit for that sack late, late in the game on third down. Um, T.J. Watt, I think, was phenomenal. I don't care what PFF says, a pass rush win rate is. That guy has 19 sacks. I think Garrett has 14. He's a better player. Stop, stop lying. Stop trying to build whatever narrative you do just because you like one player over another. That, that this one guy clearly does his job better than the other, and the other guy, and, and that guy also. Covers more often than the other guy, and he also gets interceptions. There's no clear doubt about that. If you want to say Michael Parsons, I understand that argument, and I and I wouldn't have that discussion. I think that's a much more closer discussion. There's no discussion of Miles Garrett to TJ Watt this year. He is he is the he is much better of a defensive player this season.
1: We'll have to do a full podcast on that one, Chris. That's one of our favorite topics, you and me. Oh yeah, um, let's let's talk a little bit about Marcus Golden and, and Nick Herbig. We talked about. You know, can they win? Okay, they can. They can probably win with with those guys. We've seen them develop the depth. But um, you know, what what are your thoughts on them as as players and what you've seen from them this year? If they they're in the in the bigger spotlight next week,
0: I think it's going to require them to be a lot more consistent. Um, you know, I think Marcus Golden's a guy he can handle. He can handle the snaps. He can handle being you know holding it down. But holding it down and making pass plays or excuse me, uh, splash plays. That's a different level of playmaking. That's why T.J. Watt's so good is because he's so consistent. Even on the plays that you don't see him, you know, getting the sack, forcing the fumble, making the insane play, he's so consistent. You're not going to win going at his spot. You're going to need to go somewhere else. And that's one thing that Steeler that, that has held up the Steelers' defense. If T.J. Watt's not there, it's going deep. I think offenses are going to say, "Hey, we can go at that edge now," and it's going to put the pressure on Golden or Herbig or whoever plays on that side to win that edge. with Game. Play in and play out, and that's going to be a challenge. But if I'm the Steelers, if those guys win that matchup, that might end up playing to your favor because now that's less times that they're going at Miles, Jack, Michael Walker, or or Mark Robinson, and they're more so going at Marcus Golden, and Nick Herbig, who I would take either of those guys as far as a a play by play guy to make a play option than any of those backup linebackers. I'll also say Landon Roberts. Good, good player in this game as well. He also made a, a really important tackle on a screen pass, um, and is so big for the communication on the back end of the defense. Um, didn't have huge; that was his only tackle in the game. But uh, I thought that he was uh, he was important in kind of keeping things together in, in this game as well.
1: Chris, um, let's talk a little bit about the the broadcast. It was hard to watch some of this game literally because uh, the, the the lenses were fogged up, and and Deanna Orlovsky – literally. Just- the, the, the takes that, that Dan Orlovsky was firing out there were, were something all day. The ones I wrote down were at the end of the game, he's, he's talking about 10 and 7, like they won the Super Bowl. Listen, give him credit for, for where they are. But the way he was talking about this, like an unbelievable Titanic achievement, and it's almost like I almost feel like they're trolling Steeler fans at this point by being like, wow, you should be happy with this. What did you think of the broadcast and, and the tone that Dan Orlovsky? Oh, and then the uh, the. the he kept saying throw it to Pickens. You only need a field goal to go up two. That, two that was, I was like that, that was that, that, that that's Orlovsky trying to, he wanted to
0: see Mason Rudolph throw a touchdown. Orlovsky has this whole thing about he wants every quarterback to be held up as the greatest thing of all time. And like, not that's not to diss Mason Rudolph, but that was him trying to, he wanted to see Mason throw a touchdown and then be like, look at Mason Rudolph. I listen, I've had a beat on Orlovsky for years. That's just his, his vibe. Nothing against him, but I, I get it as a former, you know, mid-quarterback himself, he wants to see all the mid-quarterbacks. Succeed. So that, that was his thing there. Now, the post game comments where they were talking about the Steelers team, I, I think they're there deserves some respect because everyone, even ESPN, buried Mike Tomlin when they lost three straight and they were seven and seven. And people talked about the Steelers. I mean, in this town, people were saying, This is just like being four and 12. Oh, they have a losing season already. And I'm like, Guys, they got three games to play. And people left this team for dead and buried and they turned it around. That was something Bill Coward did in 2000 that Dan Rooney gave him an extension for, and people were okay with it in this town. I, I think that that's what their point they were trying to make. Also, ESPN is going to hype up everything. It's what everybody does. We were watching. Oh, what was it? Uh shoot. I think you no. Know, it was if it was pit basketball earlier today against Louisville, and then uh, and then like I'm, I missed three. Was oh my goodness, like guys are going to hype up stuff anyways. I do agree that 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 there are they were being a little exaggerating about the point of. Uh, of the Steelers being just being ten and seven, but coming from where they were, seven and seven, everyone leaving them for dead, uh, thinking, well, you're about to play a Bengals team that was averaging thirty points a game in their last three games, a Seahawks team that was you know in the playoffs and looking looking kind of decent at the time, and then you didn't know what you'd get with the Ravens. you know you were, they were thinking it's, this is over. this is done with you're not making the playoffs anymore.
1: Chris, um, Chris, I think the last time you and I were on the stream together, I said, are they done? And we both agreed that they were. I mean you got to give them credit for that
0: exactly and, and that was the thing and I said listen like it's hard to see him come back from this and somehow they came back from this and that's where the credit does need to go to Mike Tomlin and sure the blame of losing those games does too but if we're being all even keel this is why he's never had a losing season like you can't ever like when people say he's lost the locker room I don't think people know in Pittsburgh what losing the locker room is like we hear all the time the comparison of the Eagles well you know the Eagles parted ways with Andy Reid and it worked out for them well Actually, Andy Reid just beat them in the Super Bowl. And he has he has he's won more Super Bowls than them since he's left. So I'm not 100 percent sure about that. Also, two Andy Reed went four and twelve in his last season with the Eagles. Very different. Do you know when the last time the Steelers went had a four a season with four wins or less, Adam? No. 1969. Chuck Knowles' first season. That is how bad that year was for the for the Eagles to can Andy Reed. He also had his son died. That was very sad. There was a lot of things that had to go into that. This season never got to that point. Seven and seven was bad. And even I said, hey, it's logical if you start exploring your options for after next season. If, it, if this goes worse and then they don't rebound next year. But the way this season ended, sorry, no, that discussion is out the door. Mike Tomlin's probably getting an extension at the end of this year. And then they're probably going to try to find an, uh, an offensive coordinator that can come in and do a lot better a job than Matt Canada. I still say top candidates are Eric Bienemy and Kellen Moore uh, as guys who should be on the market as of literally right now.
1: Yeah, and Chris, I don't have a problem with you know extension keeping him. Any of that, you know, makes sense. You, you give him credit for for where you finished. I think it's mm-hmm. just it's, it was the broadcast treating it like it was the best the Steelers could have done this season. That's where I have the problem with it. I don't know that they got as much out of this team as they should have, and I think you know, I think that's something that he couldn't have said a past year seems I think Mike Tomlin got the best out of the teams he's had in recent years. This is the first one in a while that I think he could have gotten more out of and didn't. And that would be my main point of criticism for him um, going into the off season. Um, Chris, do you think they get the the help they need tomorrow? And if so, how do you think this is going to unfold? I
0: I think the dolphins actually find a way to win. One thing I was talking to a friend of mine, Kyle Krabs, he hosts locked on dolphins. He's covered the dolphins for years. He was saying, Chris, this team has not lost back-to-back games yet. And he's like, this dolphins team, even when you think that they're down and out, they find a way to punch right back. They got destroyed by the Ravens. He's like, he's like, if they, and Kyle was basically telling me, if they lost by like a little bit, maybe he could see it. But like losing by a lot might actually motivate them to say, hey, we cannot go into the playoffs. One, if the Dolphins lose, they're a wild card team, which means they go on the road and they probably have to go on the road to face the Chiefs. or they've already lost this year. And whereas the Chiefs aren't a great team, playing them on the road is not where you want to be. If the Dolphins win, they, the road to the, to the Super Bowl goes through them unless it's Baltimore playing them. And they and they would and so like they would rather have that situation than have to go on to the road to play the Chiefs and then maybe the Bills uh, and, and someone else. So if I'm the Dolphins, I'm going all out to win this game tomorrow night. I think that they're the better chance. I'll also say this: Trevor Lawrence isn't for sure going to play uh, against the Titans, and Mike Vrabel really wants to win both. Now here's the one thing: both the Dolphins and the Titans have lost three straight times to their opponents, the Bills and the Jaguars. So. You're going to need a changing of the tides here for either of those things to happen. But that might also be a sign that maybe one's coming because division opponents, it's very rare that those stretches are very one-sided. So maybe you can expect one of those turns to happen here. But who knows? Because you know what? Steelers have now beaten the Ravens seven out of the last eight times. And I'm not sure if there's a stretch like that in this rivalry's history.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think it's the the Dolphins are more likely as well. I think they got more weapons to get things done. Um, I think they have more reason to want to win tomorrow, um, just to, to you know set the tone and, and put themselves in the best position. Um, because you're you're right, Chris. Going on the road is not what you want to do. Even though I think we saw a lot of road teams win last season. Very true. Um, I think the Dolphins would rather be at home. Chris, any final thoughts before we sign off here? Um, you and I will probably be back at some point tomorrow. We're not sure when. <laughs> Uh, we've we've, we've talked about it. We'll see how the day unfolds, but we will probably be back at some point to talk about, you know, either the Steelers missing the playoffs or the Steelers, you know, making the playoffs and who they might be playing. Um, What are your final thoughts though, until then?
0: My final thoughts are, I think that this team has found a lot of resiliency this year that can move forward for this for next season, whatever happens in these last two games. Uh this is an offense that you got a lot of young pieces on it that'll be here for the future. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Broderick Jones. I not Isaac Samalo isn't young, but he'll be here for at least two more years. James Daniels, I think, has has played well. Uh, you know, Mason Rudolph has played well, but Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Frying. All those guys have taken steps up this year and have kind of been through now. Like, they've been through the thick of it. They've been through the low of the low and come out and been on top after that. That's stuff that you can build on. That's stuff that you can move forward with. Now, you need competent quarterback playing moving forward, and that's going to be a big question, whatever whatever happens, uh, to get them in the playoffs. But as of right now, they feel they should feel proud of that. Also, this defense playing tough, even with all the reserves. You know, you, you're talking about they were down to their sixth and seventh safeties, their fifth and sixth linebackers, and they were still finding way to play. And then T.J. Watt was out for the, for the second half of this game. Uh, and they still found ways to make to make plays. Um, I think this has been a year of dealing with adversity and with a lot of unfortunate things that have gone against them. And they fought back to make a lot of big plays uh, and I like make a lot and 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 finish strong with with, with the wins. Um, you know, we'll see if they make the playoffs. I think they will. I think the Dolphins stand a decent chance to beat the Bills. I also think the Titans, I'd give the Titans a 40% chance to beat the Jaguars. I'm not as confident with that, about that one because the Titans have just had several heartbreakers this year. Uh, but I give the Steelers a decent chance to make the playoffs. And if they do, I give them. I think that they have a great punter's chance at beating either the Dolphins or the or the uh, the Chiefs. I think that the Bills they have they have a good chance if the Bills come in and just aren't on their a game. If the Bills are on their a game, they're toast. I, I think that they they won't be able to keep up with them. But those other two teams, the way they're built, the injuries they're dealing with, I think the Steelers
1: can hang will be interesting to see. Like we said, everyone, make sure you are subscribed to the channel so that you know if me and, if me and Chris hop on tomorrow, you're, you, you know when. You'll get pinged. You'll get the notification. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you like this video if you enjoyed it. Help us out in the YouTube algorithm. We always appreciate that. And then no matter what, uh, Monday, Chris will be back with the North Shore Drive podcast. Um, he'll be there throughout the week. I'll be back with Paul Zeiss on Thursday. So lots more coming back to you no matter what happens with the Steelers. Um, so we'll see if we're talking about a, a, a playoff game or the end of the season tomorrow. Uh, Thanks for stopping by. Talk to you again soon.
0: Thank you for checking out this content from Post Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.